0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Trevor Woods here with SB Nation's Mason and Brew. Another week down for Michigan Wolverines football. And a big game on the road on Saturday. Heading to Happy Valley to take on the 6-3 Penn State Nittany Lions. The Wolverines currently number 6 in the nation. After the last college football playoff ranking on Tuesday... They leapfrogged Michigan State, who lost to Purdue, and that surprised many. The Nittany Lions, they aren't ranked, but that could work itself out if they do indeed beat Michigan on Saturday afternoon. I'm speaking with today Ellie Moretta-Feliz from SB Nation's Black Shoe Diaries, and we're going to talk some Michigan at Penn State. How are we doing today, Ellie?
1: I'm doing all right, you know, just uh, finishing out a day's work and uh, counting down the minutes for uh, Saturday afternoon.
0: Well, they're certainly getting closer to those minutes. Now, Penn State, they started the season 5-0. and They had a win over currently ranked number 22 Auburn, but struggled of late a bit, 1-3 with close losses to Iowa, Illinois. Looked pretty decent against Ohio State, but... Still loss, albeit a competitive loss. How would you assess their six and three season? What have been the highlights and the lowlights?
1: Um this is a this is a multifaceted answer for me. So I'm gonna start with the big picture. Before the season started, everyone agreed that a successful season, especially given the schedule, was gonna be somewhere around the nine three to eight. Lower range uh, with seven five being probably the absolute worst. Um, so if you look at it from that perspective, Penn State is right on track. They are they are six and three. If all goes well, they'll finish at the top end of that prediction, right? And if not, if worst comes to worst, meaning they lose to Rutgers for the first time in Big Ten play, they'll finish seven five. So like that range is still there. I think what's changed for people is how we got to where we are today. Um, as you said, right, Penn State started 5-0. and They beat Auburn um, at home. Uh, Auburn's team boys ranked. Um, they beat Wisconsin on the road. Um, and before, Wisconsin kind of figured out how to play football, I guess. So I'll, I'll add that caveat there. Wisconsin looks a lot better today than they did in the first couple of weeks. Uh, but they still beat them, right? And... Things were seemingly going well enough, and then Sean Clifford went down against Iowa, and I think what none of us realized at the time was just how unprepared to take over the reins Taquan Roberson was, which kind of led to where we are today. I think we can all agree that losing to Ohio State, especially how they lost, is not that, um, you know, it's, it's not nothing to to be upset about, and losing to Iowa, as unfortunate as it was, was really due to um, Roberson just not being able to take control of the offense. There were drives, there were at least three drives where they had multiple false starts to back themselves well into uh, the 10-yard line. So, like, that loss is also kind of justifiable given the context
0: no. the big
1: shocker of course is the one in the middle which is Illinois um, that one I think every single one of us is still trying to figure out what happened there um, my guess is that Sean Clifford wasn't 100% but they just had such little confidence on the quarterbacks behind them that they just rolled them out and hoped for the best and the best didn't come so when you wrap that up in a neat bow, overall, Penn State is probably where we all expected them to be. It's just who they lost to, namely being Illinois, that makes things look a lot worse than they actually are.
0: Now Let's talk about the Penn State offense. Michigan fans, of course, they've seen Sean Clifford before. Feels like he's been there forever. Definitely a good ball player. And versatile in the sense he can escape, has mobility, escapability, and can extend plays. Clifford this season, as you mentioned, he did have an injury, but still some pretty good stats to this point. Over 2,300 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, has a heck of a weapon at his disposal at YI out with Jahan Dotson. Uh, obviously, those are a couple of the big weapons, but could you just talk about the offense as a whole, uh, Clifford, Dotson, and... Who else to watch out for on that side of the ball for Penn State?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, right? Like whenever the Penn State offense comes comes up, people are going to talk about Sean Clifford and they're going to talk about Jahan Dotson. They are um, Dotson is either number one or number two in most uh, uh, standings in the Big Ten, whether it's for receiving yards, uh, number of receptions, uh, touchdowns. He's second in touchdowns with nine, uh, first in receptions with seventy-one. 932 uh, receiving yards That's second. And again, Sean Clifford is about fourth in in the Big Ten. Um, Those are the obvious uh, choices. But what has been happening is that people aren't dumb, so they've been trying to shut down Jahan Dotson. And that's when Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith, basically shine, is in uh, spelling Dotson whenever he is... um, Double or triple team sometimes. Um, but there's also uh, the tight ends. Um, the two that I would basically focus on as a Michigan fan are uh, Brenton Strange and Theo Johnson. They Those five people, um, Dotson included, are probably going to take the bulk of uh, Clifford's passes. And when you go past Dotson, the distribution is pretty even between those. So any, any one of those players, especially if the defenses are focusing on Dotson, any one of those players has in the past uh, couple of games kind of broken out, for uh, lack of a better word. So, and, and as you can see from the Ohio State, like right, that that breakout person uh, was Lambert Smith. So if defenses focus in on, on Dotson too much, the other receivers and those tight ends are going to make them pay. On the other side, right, um, Penn State is 117th rushing the ball this season. So they're still going to try to run the ball. They're probably not going to succeed. Uh, but if they do, um, it's going to be Noah Kane and um, on Lee. They're the ones who have, um, as much as they can, established themselves as the two options at running back. And they're still... Starting to get somewhat of a rhythm, it's still below par for what you'd expect of a Nittany Lion Russian attack, but they're the ones who are going to give you uh, something to work with.
0: Now, defensively, who are some of the key players players to watch?
1: Oh man, this, this question is so hard because um, <laughs> my instinct is to just say everyone. <laughs> you know, the, the Penn State's done such a 180 from last season on defense that... They're, I'm going to name a bunch of guys and I'm still going to feel like I left someone out. Um, and That's because one of the things they've done well this season that they weren't really doing last season is they play well as a unit. They, the, the, the front seven can trust that the secondary is going to do their jobs so they don't need to drop down in coverage. Likewise, especially when we get closer to the red zone, the Secondary knows that um, the front center is going to get to the quarterback so they don't need to come up for support if they don't have to um, that's it some guys you want to look at um, Arlo Edicati uh, transfer from Temple, he has 6.5 sacks this season, uh, Derek Tangelo is a plug at, at defensive tackle, linebackers Brandon Smith um, Jesse Locada, who I mentioned earlier, he plays hybrid between defensive end and linebacker Um, There's Ellis Brooks, who leads the team in tackles with 69. Um, And then in the secondary, you have Jair Brown, who has four interceptions, and then Juan Brisker, who has two others. And um, at corner, you have Joey Porter Jr. and Tariq Castro Fields that basically make it really hard for people to to get going through the air. And, I mean, if you look at um, – I'm going to keep mentioning Ohio State because, you know, we all know who they are – if you even if you saw Ohio State right, like they even had trouble um, getting going through the air against Penn State, so so I think those are the guys who are probably going to make the bulk of the plays on Saturday. But what makes this defense so much different than before is how they play as a unit.
0: Well, speaking of which, Penn State they are currently ranked number six in red zone defense. Michigan, their red zone offense, kind of deceiving in the sense that they're ranked 7th in red zone offense, but they only rank 88th in red zone touchdown percentage. So to me, this could be a key in the game, this matchup of Penn State's red zone defense versus Michigan's red zone offense. So just curious, obviously you just highlighted the turnaround that the Nittany Lions defense has had this season, but Anything in particular that has made them so good in the red zone?
1: Um, I, I, this is going to sound cliché, like an, as an answer, but I think it's the fact that you just run out of room when you get to the red zone, right? So there's not much to work with, and the Penn State defense, the way it fundamentally works is that it's going to make teams work for every yard. When there aren't many yards to gain, that's when they operate best because, um, again, the, the safeties, now they are able to come in and do some run support because they don't have to cover much room um, in the passing game. The, the ends can get to the quarterback because they know they now have extra help. So that concept of making people work for every yard becomes even more um apparent when teams are trying to basically get the same five to ten yards and it's um it's led to a bunch of, of field goals of course but like also a bunch of turnovers uh, a bulk of penn state's turnovers this season have happened in the red zone so it just it that that bend the gun break mentality that they have they'll give you all the yards between the 20s but when it comes to the red zone they just make it really tough for people to get the two or three extra yards that are going to be necessary to score and they'll you know they they trust the offense enough that they'll let people score field goals but like when it comes to touchdowns they just will make it really impossible for people
0: now we've highlighted a lot of positive things overall. I'd say a lot of true, objectively positive things for Penn State that's happened this year. But what are some weaknesses, you think, in this matchup that Michigan could potentially exploit?
1: Um, well, on offense, I think it's going to be big place. If there's one weakness to this uh, defense, is that while they will most of the time force teams to work for their yards, they have been susceptible to the big play here and there. You saw, um, I, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say this, Ohio State actually won that game based on two big plays, right? Um, Maryland had uh, two more big plays to get them that the game last week. So if Michigan is able to get some chunk yards and especially score on those chunk yards, um, they're going to be set up quite well because um, that's been the, the one thing Penn State has been successful, susceptible on defense. On the other side of the ball, Penn State can't run. So they have also haven't been that good at preventing people from getting to the quarterback. So, Penn State is, um, sorry, Michigan is kind of good at getting to the quarterback, so if they can continue to do that on Saturday, it might be a long day for the Nittany Lions.
0: And has anything, uh, fundamentally changed schematically for Penn State on offense or defense, or is it kind of the same old, same old, uh, what we should expect?
1: The defense itself, uh, schematically has been the same, um, Things are just working now, and they weren't last season. On offense, however, uh, we, we have seen a uh, change in direction to more of what Penn State was like in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, that, that um, time frame where they are looking to get chunk yards and big plays. Now, the difference this season, I think, is that Penn State can sustain drives uh, unlike those previous years where uh, a lot of the running jokes was that uh, Penn State would uh, rely on the yellow ball a lot. Penn State will still get big plays, but now they have mixed in uh, uh, sustained drives to support it. Um, And the the offense probably would be even better if they had uh, a consistent running game. Um, but I think that's the biggest. That's the biggest change. In that last season, it felt like if Penn State went down a couple of scores, they just weren't going to come back because the offense design was um, to get long, sustained drives and eat up clock, and just continue to do that and hope that the defense can take care of business. Meanwhile, this this season, it's um, it's we go out and score, and um, either you get it ten yards at a time or you get it ninety yards at a time, like Jahan Dotson did last week um, with the long touchdown catch uh, against Cal.
0: Last question for you, Ellie Predictions. How do you think this game's gonna unfold?
1: Um, oh man, so. This is the part where I either uh, I upset your fan base or I upset my fan base. Just just be honest. Uh, That's to deal all we with ever had. My fan base after this. So I'm <laughs> go ahead and upset yours. Yeah, uh, do it. I'm go ahead.
0: Say, they can take it. I'm
1: gonna say, Penn State will um, will win. But anyone who predicts anything other than a close game is probably not paying attention. I will say. Um, You know, to state the obvious, the biggest difference in this game is going to be that red zone efficiency on defense for Penn State. I think they're going to force Michigan to score field goals, and Penn State's going to score one more touchdown than Michigan will, uh, something to the tune of, like, 21-17, which then will force Michigan to to have to drive one last time to try to score a touchdown to win, um, and they will not be able to do that. that's that's how
0: I see it happening (laughs) Well, we're going to find out and uh, I'm sure your fan base, the Penn State fan base is going to be more than pleased with those predictions Ellie, thank you so much for your time and you can catch his work and everybody's work who he works with at SB Nation's Black Shoe Diaries BlackShoeDiaries.com and I wish you the best in this profession Ellie and thanks for stopping in thanks for
1: having me